The show is brought to you by our generous <laughs> patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Welcome, friends, to the Fallout Lorecast. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, it's that time again. It's not Monday night, though. We skipped Monday night. It's Tuesday night. But normally we're live Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And I am your host, Tom Slush Robots, here with my good buddy, my good old pal, Lainey Neos Pandora. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm doing, doing better. better. Yeah, I've been suffering some migraine issues and things. Um, but such is yeah, life. Yeah, it's like every every you know? third Monday, one of us is bound to have a headache. Yeah, it just kind of <laughs> happens. It's you can't you can't you just gotta deal with it and move on. But um, thank you for our listeners being patient. We're we're back again live. Thank you for our live viewers joining us, even though it's not on Monday night. Thank you for being here. And those of you listening at home or wherever you listen to podcasts thanks for joining us um so this week we last week we talked about the <coughs> excuse me we talked about the uh the blood eagles the raider group who were particularly gruesome and terrible people and we talked about a individual whose name is beckett who can be one of your companions in your camp at fallout 76 and the fact that he had uh, some connections with the Blood Eagles and had been part of that group. So we figured this would be a good week to dive a little bit further into Beckett's story. So that being said, at the beginning of this episode, if you haven't done any anything having to do with the character Beckett, you may want to skip this for spoiler reasons. If you're not too worried about minor spoilers, little bits about his background and his relationships and his nature of uh, his connection to the gang, then you can still listen I don't believe, Lainey, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I don't believe we're going to be going into the conclusions of his story at all. I'm pretty sure we're not going to cover that. At least I'm not planning to bring that up, as long as you're not planning to bring that up. I mean, as long as you have looked at the end of the notes and tell me that what we're doing is okay, I, yeah. I mean... Yeah, well, I've, I've looked through the notes. I just wanted to make sure that you were on the same page with that, because oh, then yeah. there are some there are some conclusions to the story that we're not going to reveal. So if you're okay knowing kind of what goes on and what, what dealing with Beckett entails in the playing of the game and, and his relationship with his brother and the gang and, and that kind of thing, then you should be okay. We're not going to spoil the ending of the quest line. So... That's all just to most kind of, of put that out just, there. Yeah. Most of this is just backstory. The farthest we get is uh, meeting him, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So it, we talk about his connections and things. So, so it's, yeah, it's not too spoilery. So I think most of us, yeah. most of you will be okay with this. Um, and there's still some, the, the juiciest bits of his story come about in actually playing through this content and the things that we're not going to talk about. So, so there you go. Um, so uh, otherwise, Lainey, you're good. Things are good. You been streaming? Have you? Have stuff? Things are good. I streamed some Minecraft yesterday. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. I was gonna stream uh, some Fallout today, but then life happens. <laughs> so no Fallout today. But then on Saturday, I'm gonna do some Hearthstone. I've been diving back in. Oh, cool. Very fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hearthstone's always a good a good thing to go revisit every so often, especially when there's fun new fun packs to try out and that kind of thing. We have a we have a third guest on the podcast today. 
It's uh, this tiny cat. Tiny cat. Which one is that? Sushi or noodle? That's sushi. That's sushi? A little sushi roll. Yep. A little sushi roll on the back of the chair. Good old sushi. Well, sushi can be our third third guest. We'll ask sushi some questions as we go through this and see if uh, Mm -hmm. sushi can elucidate some info about Beckett, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, why don't we jump right into this? Laney, why don't you kick this off? All righty. Here I go kicking. So Beckett, I mean, we already we already foreshadowed this a little bit. He's a he. As you meet him, he is a member of the Blood Eagles, kind of. Um, and that's as much as we foreshadowed at this point, because it's relevant to the last episode. Mm-hmm. But let's dive into some stuff that happened way before that. You know, when like a movie starts and they're like, don't you wonder how I got here? Well, or they're like previously on today. Previously on. Oh, previously on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is that for you guys about Beckett. Um, so if we start at the very beginning, Beckett is not from uh, West Virginia. Beckett is from Maryland. He grew up in Maryland. He was very poor. His father died when he was really young, and his mother was never there. Um, and he had a younger brother named Frankie. And- yeah, there's a rough upbringing here. And he, let me jump in real quick. We don't really know his age. And I looked into this a little bit, too. Lainey's always the one who pulls up the the notes, but we both do research on these topics. And I've played through the content, specifically, you know, all of Beckett's quest lines and things. And at no point do I know of, do we find out his age or the year of his birth? So growing up in Maryland to, excuse me, for some reason, my throat is being weird. Maybe it's the pizza and the brownie I ate earlier. I don't know what's going on with that. So I apologize. Death by Um, brownie. (laughs) Death by brownie. Uh, So, you know, a dead father, absent mother. That could have happened, say, post-bombs, right? It could have happened before the bombs dropped, but I don't think so. From what we know about him, I have the sense that he was born post-war. He doesn't seem old enough to be somebody who's been around since before the bombs dropped. I think I agree with you. Um, just based of based off what I know, it seems like most of the major events in his life take place too recent for him to have been around that long. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. If we're painting the picture of this, he's growing up in a post-war world in a, in a post-apocalyptic world, right, with a father who's dead. Once when he's young, we don't know exactly when and an absentee mother. So two individuals who are probably pre-war, most likely. I mean, there hasn't been that many years. Right. So most likely, um, almost definitely pre-war dealing with the circumstances they're in and probably failing because of the severity of what's going on. Right. And ends up with a younger brother. And of course, they end up basically on their own. And he ends up having to raise his younger brother and basically be be a parent and this happens in a lot of a lot of stories but this happens in the real world as all uh, all the time too where you have absentee parents or you have parents who have significant issues that and they can't deal with raising their children and so the oldest ends up taking on kind of the mantle of surrogate parents and has to grow up too fast and that creates issues so that's kind of the framework we're in here for who who beckett is and his relationship with his brother is very, very special to him. Um, he wants to stick near his brother for everything. He wants to protect his brother through everything. And that's that's the biggest theme you see in his whole story, 
is that he cares about Frankie. That's that's his name. His brother's name is Frankie, and Frankie. he's uh, just a a firecracker. This kid. So in order to survive, Frankie and Beckett will steal things. They got really good as working together as a team to steal. Just the necessities, you know, Beckett didn't want to get his younger brother into anything too crazy. And this was difficult because his brother proved to be a little uh, bloodthirsty, too, too willing, trigger happy. too willing to get in yeah. trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kept wanting to do more and more and more risky things. He uh, Beckett was nervous that his little brother would really hurt someone um if they kept going like they were and so you know they stuck together as long as they could at one point frankie even contracted rabies from a dog that attacked him and beckett was there by his side you know acting as a parent or just you know a very involved older brother Mm -hmm. and uh they pulled through right so frankie was beckett's top priority even though they were doing kind of risky things to survive it was all you know a means to an end and then Frankie needed to be safe. That was the goal. But things were getting too crazy. Frankie was growing up and he was getting a little too wild. So Becca decided that for a couple of reasons, he was going to join a gang, which is so funny. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this isn't working out. Joining a gang will fix it. It's, well, there's the, a- the sense of like, uh, it's too much trying to be alone. You know, like it's just me and Frankie. Oh, yeah. That's the sense I get is, is that like, dealing with Frankie on his own and trying to take care of himself and Frankie's needs was was too much and then and, and this is how you get involved with groups like this on occasion is they they offer something that you need in a way that it's hard to turn it down so for in a situation like this you know Beckett comes across a group and they're like hey kid why don't you hang out with us we'll take care of you you got to do what we say but we'll take care of you you know like it seems a little safer than being out there by yourself, especially in the wasteland. So it, it becomes a uh, not a good solution, but maybe the only direction he felt like he had at the time. I do think that that is the case um, because it was both in order to protect himself, you know, to get to make sure that he could acquire the things that he needed. But also he left Frankie behind. He didn't let Frankie join this group. He was. He had the benefits of being part of this gang, and then he would take it home, right, and like help his brother out. Right. Um, right. He didn't leave so him behind, Frankie like leave him. Involved. He just didn't right. bring him with him when he went and did gang stuff. He he right. was basically like, like, "You stay he, here. I'm gonna go take care of things for us," and then he would come back. Yeah. Um. And so this marks Beckett's beginning of his time as one of Hopkins' hooligans. Which is Hopkins a very hooligans. small Raider group. It's a fun little name. Uh-huh. Hopkins Hooligans. Hogan's they don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know? And this supposedly was a nice little arrangement. Uh, all was going well. He lived well. None of their crimes that they would commit as a gang were ever too crazy. Um, <laughs> whatever that means. And Whatever that means. And so he had his needs met, and he got Frankie's needs met, and Frankie was no longer involved in doing anything illegal at this point. Um, that is until Hopkins died <laughs> and the group could not figure out how to kind of reconnect and regather. So they split up and Beckett left. Yeah. Sometimes when there's a, a power void in a situation like this, um, there's either too many people vying for power and nobody picks a side or, you know, they just everything starts clashing and everything falls apart or 
there's nothing tying everyone together anymore. Like it may have been a situation where Hopkins was the one that was really, you know, the brains of the operation and nobody else understood how to keep everyone together and, and believe that anyone else would be a good leader. And so things just kind of naturally fell apart. Everyone went their own ways. So, yeah, that's, so that's where we are with that. Now, um, we're going to get into a little bit more of like, this is kind of the beginning part of it. This is the, this is their life. This is them as kids. This is them starting down the path. And you can kind of see where the foreshadowing goes here. They start out in need. They start stealing a little bit, kind of having to make ends meet, are desperate. Beckett joins a gang. Now he's getting used to that kind of situation. But of course, it's not it's not the Blood Eagles. This is just Hopkins hooligans. So it's not that bad. Things are okay. You like you, you can see how it's like, well, we push that we push that envelope a little further each time and nothing terrible happens. So we can push that envelope a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's before you know it, soon you're over your head. So we're going to get into that in the second half of the episode. But before we do that, let's move into the middle of the show because I have some stuff that I need to do because it is our first official show after the new month, isn't it? I don't remember how this works. Hey, let's just move on to the middle of the show. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So whatever, whatever the scheduling is of the show, it's my brain's a little bit <laughs> mush still. Um, I do have the opportunity now in order to thank our previous patrons who signed up during the last month. So let's go through our new patrons who signed up in January. We have Matt B, who's one of our tier five patrons. You'll hear his name again. And Stephen P and Pie Man and Nick B and let's see, Clay M. And HVT Nico, N-I-K-O. Um, and those are all of our uh, January, our new January patrons. So thank you to all of you guys for signing up in January to help support the show. Lots of different tiers, lots of different levels. Um, very, very much appreciated. Lainey, I do appreciate this. as, And I'm just going to keep saying that. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very, very, very much. And welcome to the show. And those of you who are tier four or five, we look forward to chatting with you at the end of the month. So Welcome aboard as well. If you signed up in February, we'll give you a shout out next month after the beginning of the month. And an extra, extra special thank you to all of our tier five patrons who get a shout out every week. We've got Amelia R, Justin S, Matt B, Zemnis, or Zemnis Night Wolf, I think. Is that your full name? It's cutting it off. Uh, don't cut it off. It cuts it off. I think it's Night Wolf. Um, if I if I remember that correctly. And, and those are our four. So those are our four tier five patrons. Thank you to each of you and everyone who helps support the show. Go check out patreon.com slash falloutlorecast for more information about what you can get for helping to support the show. You guys are the best. Thank you so very much. All right, let's get back to Beckett. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, so we've got the intro here. We've got everything kind of set up, right? Rough upbringing, difficult situation, starting to get involved with gangs. Where does it go from here? It it just gets worse, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't all of these stories just get worse? They all do. They all do. They do. It's so yeah. sad. Um, and this one, honestly, like even you know, they had some hardships in the beginning, but it's so wholesome, despite. Yeah, the, the whole games, taking care of your brother, trying to do what's you know not just kind of getting by, doing what you need to do. The world's a tough place. You can kind of forgive that to a certain extent, you know? Trying to, he's just trying to protect him uh, and survive, mm-hmm. you know? That's the hardest part in the wasteland. Of course, you know, even in the real world, you get situations like this right now, but imagine if there really wasn't much else you could do. Um, right, right, and you could be eaten by a death claw every day. Down. Yeah, or like radiation, right. or like there's so many things out there. You, uh, It's yeah. no wonder that you would seek help with whatever group would have you. You know, it just right just makes sense yeah so hopkins of hopkins hooligans has passed and beckett needs to find some other way to support his brother and himself and you know some sense of community to not feel so alone in the wasteland and he moves to a group called edwin's gang it's kind of a like a casual like non-formal title um, every time you read that this title anywhere, it's always like Edwin, like his name is capitalized, but then gang mm-hmm. is always just lowercase. Like this dude just had some people. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it his, big... his his entourage or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's funny. And I guess Hopkins Hooligans is like that too, but that's a real title. Mm-hmm. This is just Edwin's people. <laughs> this is his gang. Um, but this is a larger group than Hopkins Hooligans was, and they are a little bit more aggressive. They were getting into a few things that Beckett wasn't necessarily as comfortable with. They were a bit more violent. Um, and Edwin was apparently off his rocker. This man was crazy. I don't know to what extent, but supposedly he was a nut. And everyone followed him for whatever reason. Well, it's um, not uncommon that... Uh- Oftentimes we end up with leaders who are just out there and somehow are charismatic or bold enough that they, you know, they, they bring, uh, I don't know if it's a, uh, what's the situation where you get tortured and then you end up liking your torturers? Uh, what's that called? Um, oh, um, you know what I'm talking about? Ah, words don't work. Yeah, I know. You get, this happens every episode. One of us yeah, is just like, yeah, oh, the word. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Sounds- like... Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes you just end up that. in these these kinds of situations with somebody who's just crazy, and yet they uh, communism. <laughs> Nekamata says, "No, no, it's uh, Stockholm syndrome." Stockholm syndrome, syndrome. Yeah, there's there's a psychological thing that goes on here where sometimes our leaders. Well, I mean, this is also connected to this the thing that like what is it? Forty percent of CEOs exhibit psychopathic tendencies, like or like sociopathic tendencies. tendencies. Yeah, the idea tendencies? is that they. They don't express as much empathy, whether they have it or right. not, and right. they're more able to make choices about who gets to stay, who gets to go, who gets promoted, right. things like that, without 
being emotionally invested. Yeah. Which and, sounds like a good thing, except it's not on a personal level. Yeah. And there's so it's many times that we end up like with these leaders who, machine. right, right. Who are a little bit out there. I mean, you look at somebody like Hitler, like he, his, he had crazy mood swings. Like it was, it was well-documented. Somebody like Stalin, like we end up with these leaders yeah. who lead with fear and there's something about their your inability to predict what they're going to do, and so therefore they seem powerful because everyone else agrees that they're dangerous. So that's why everyone lets them lead, you know. And this may be a, a, that kind of situation. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Um, and I definitely, if it is, it sets him up for where he ends up in the future, you know, because nobody. Nobody is immediately okay with ending up in, like, from a totally calm situation to getting thrown into something that's just crazy and goes against all your beliefs, right? But Beckett's story here, we see him get closer and closer, like, to where where he draws the line, right? And eventually, we'll see him go past it. And it's just rough. His whole story is, it just gets worse and worse. And then in the end, he's in a situation where he just, he just succumbs to it yeah, until yeah. he doesn't, you know? So right. it's, it's wild, but I would not be surprised if Edwin, as possibly this charismatic, sociopathic leader, <laughs> we don't know, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if that was the case. And that's something that he got used to. And he got used to the kinds of activities that this gang would do. Um, and it changed where his own, where he would draw the line for himself. It makes sense. It's the kind of thing that's bound to happen um, with right. exposure over time. Right. And, and it's a very so, real story, you know, just constantly, again, pushing, pushing that envelope a little bit further and a little bit further. And eventually, you know, every time you cross the line, you're like, oh, I, I crossed the line on that time. But after doing that over and over again, eventually you look back on your previous self and you're like, wow, I'm not even the same person anymore. Like at what point did I change? Well, you, there was no one point. It was many, many different points. And you just kind of slowly got there. Plus you get accustomed to things like this, you know, like Edwin, wasn't um hopkins he was crazier but i'm sure he got a little bit more comfortable with that having to be in that situation and life being desperate and, also yeah. got more reward from going on these bigger excursions i guess you could say there was more reward to be gained from being in a wilder group and this definitely benefited beckett if you're in a situation where you're doing worse things but it's also helping you survive better you're definitely going to be a little more lenient than you would have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he stays with Edmund for, for a bit. Um, and things honestly got kind of comfy again, except for the blood eagles started uh, messing with him a little bit. So this was his first time really in Appalachia was with Edwin's gang. They a actually Appalachia? traveled together. A Appalachia? Appalachia. Appalachia. App Poopalachipoo. That's what it is. Appalachia. That's it now. Not Chia. Apple. 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 I'm going to throw an apple at you. Apple berry. Apple. I'm going to throw an apple at you. Apple. 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 It's not Appalachia. Appalachia? Yeah. Well, I haven't heard like, that. You'll like hear people, no, 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 like people mess up. In fact, characters in the game will even say it that way. Like it's it's common for, pe oh. for people in certain places outside of Appalachia to say Appalachia. Yeah, it's, but it's not right. But it's definitely not Appalachia, like a chia pet. Appalachia. <laughs> Appalachia, if you're an Appalachia. Like a chia pet. Like a oh chia my pet. Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he's with Edwin's gang and he moves with the gang 
to Appalachia. This He hasn't been there before. Remember, he grew up in Maryland. So this is a new place, and he's got this gang, and he's got his brother, and he basically drops his brother off with the settlers at Foundation and decides that he's better off there than getting involved in anything else, uh, which is probably true. It is probably true, yes. And so Frankie, you know, he has it pretty good, I guess. You know, his brother's taking care of him. What else could you... He's with the settlers. What else could you ask for in the wasteland, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's it's nice, but... Beckett is still doing gang activities and the Blood Eagles get involved. So we talked about this last episode, uh, what they do with their drugs, but it gets a little bit, we can, we can dive in a little deeper now. Um, we talked about last episode, their drug of choice was usually buff out and stuff like that. And what they would do is they would uh, distribute the drugs to smaller gangs and let them seep their way in to the people in those gangs until they get addicted to them. They would monitor the people that they distributed the drugs to to see who got the most addicted. They would go to them directly and give them a drug of a very high dosage, one that they would not be able to find otherwise without getting it from the hands of the blood eagles, Mm -hmm. and then get them hooked, and then take it away. And this is what they did to Beckett. He got hooked, and then they said, you can't get any more unless you join with us. Which is kind of, I mean, it's insidious, but it's kind of a genius way of uh, killing their uh, their potential raider competition from the inside out. Oh, yeah. If you not only like it's funny because the Blood Eagles are always drugged up, which is weird. But if you're also drugging up all the other raiders. Right. Well, and you're pulling out their members. You're basically hooking you're, you're hooking members of these other groups with the need to depend on you. And so, who are they going to gonna stick with? Well, if it comes down to it and they need to get their fix, they're going to leave the, the Raider gang they're in and come join your gang. And now you've got a reason for them never to leave your gang because you keep them hooked. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know enough a, about like, gang culture to know if this is something that current day gangs do, but it seems like it could be. Like, it, it seems like a legitimate, uh, a legitimately effective way to do something like that. It's like a weird, like, biological, psychological warfare thing. That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I'm sure somewhere it's not allowed. In fact, most places, it's probably not allowed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, in the wasteland, um, there's no rules. So, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So he, oh, gets, they will. he gets hooked. He ends up in cahoots. Cahoots. That's another good word. We've got, all sorts of, we've got good words on this episode, like hooligans and cahoots. He's in cahoots with the Blood Eagles, I think, is the wrong connotation. He's in cahoots. Because no one can be in cahoots with the Blood Eagles unless <laughs> they're like, they are the leaders of the Blood Eagles, right? Because sure. everyone is just there because they're stuck. Yeah, That's yeah. Cahoots stuck. is not really the right <laughs> word. But he um, he gets he gets drawn in through the, the addictions and eventually decides to leave <laughs> the uh, uh, Edwin's gang. For the Raiders, right? Oh yes. So he he joins the Blood Eagles in order to keep up with his now uh, very very intense addiction, and gets rid of all the positive experiences that he was having with Edwin's gang and their wacko leader for just an even crazier situation that probably he never would have imagined. I can't like he has had two mostly positive gang experiences. Up until this point, which <laughs> Mostly is just positive. something else entirely. Right, and, and things but, have been pushing this edge further and further and further. But now he's clearly 
over his head, right? He's like, he's in with the Blood Eagles. And if you listen to our last episode, you will know that the Blood Eagles, there, there's no, like, there's not a further envelope to push, right? Like this idea of absolute drug addiction, uh, killing, torturing, stealing, like murder, like all, they will do everything necessary in order to, because, and they're also high out of their mind when they do it. So, uh, th- this is kind of the furthest you can go on that path until you maybe become like the leader who's the one in charge of it all. Right. That seems even worse, but now he's, now he's way over in that side of things. You back Laney? Laney's having connection issues again. Oh, uh, there you hello. are. There you are. There it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty rough. It's a rough time. Um, and so he joins the blood eagles and he keeps taking the chems and it's just it's a whole thing right he's like i i know people go on benders right where they'll like take a bunch of drugs and they like won't eat or sleep for days this is what i imagine the blood eagles are doing constantly yeah (laughs) which it doesn't make sense right you'd wear yourself out and i guess that they do but right i'm I'm sure they pass out and then you know a few days later they get back up and they you know like there's probably some sort of pattern that they go through and as long as they're, you know, still productive enough to do what they need to do, the leadership just keeps them, you know, is dealing to, to, willing to deal with that. Yeah. They can't get too productive. No. They have to be a little drug addled at all times. Right, right. Well, at least pr- productive in the <laughs> um, way that the leadership is like, points them at something. It's like, go kill that, you know, and then they oh, can yes. do it. That kind of thing. Yeah. And the leadership doesn't care if they die. Right. So. Right. It is what it is. Um, But yeah, so he started getting involved in some really awful things. Uh, one thing that he does in particular that he ends up, it ends up kind of uh, being the reason that he moves forward and changes his mind is he starts committing these atrocious acts. Uh, for example, murdering an entire family in the waste, the kinds of things that he wanted to keep his brother from at all costs. And I'm sure that in a position, in a position that he's in, where he was taking care of his brother. He was the person that formed what his brother thought was right and wrong. You know, all these things. You base it off the person, the people that raise you, right? Mm-hmm. And for him to have gone directly against in a just awful, awful way, not just one person, but a whole family, against what he was telling his brother is just so sad. Um, and I'm sure that, like, no wonder he change his mind i guess and it's very scary to change your mind against the blood eagles oh yeah he decided that he was gonna he i mean he was in it for the long haul because he wanted those kims but once he started doing things that he was not okay with and it just went on and on and on and he realized that he was no longer the person that he wanted to be he decides that he's gonna go against them and the blood eagles do not like that. Which There's I'm no sure you had like, to be high to make that decision. <laughs> like, like I think that's what they were working against by keeping <laughs> right. you high. But I think at some point he was just like, he probably was just like, I don't like where I'm going with this. Screw you guys. And was just like out of his mind enough to stand up against them. You know? like yeah. And the then they were like, was, <laughs> The way that I was reading about it, it implied that he kind of, he started small. I think... Perhaps, and it's funnier to think about this as him being high too, uh, or with him being mm-hmm. high. But just this idea of like 
maybe he was like thinking about it a lot and then it just like he was i mean he's high so he's like making uninformed decisions <laughs> and so just a little bit of rebellion at a time until it just increases and increases and then at some point they finally caught him and they were like you can't leave you can't turn people against us yeah, yeah. no <laughs> this they'll kill you for that and they certainly planned to because they uh locked him up in the roland's labor camp Rollins? Right. How do Rollins. you pronounce that? Yeah, Rollins. Rollins. Mm -hmm. um, and as we know, the Blood Eagles, if they find out that you are committing treason <laughs> of <laughs> any sort, they will torture you probably until you die. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they would torture you. You know, I just connected like the, the Blood Eagle kind of torture. Like at oh, like yeah. a Blood Eagle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I wonder yeah. if they would, do they do that? Maybe. I don't know that we've seen anything like that in the game. It may be too graphic to, yeah. to put in the game, but I think that's kind of the unspoken yeah, assumption is that yeah. is that he would be tortured in a way that was appealing to the more sick-minded of, of the gang in a way that would kill him and make a point to everyone else to never cross them again. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that totally makes sense. So that's, that's basically where you, you come across him. Is like right. is at, at this moment where he's decided he doesn't want to be with them anymore. He knows they're out to kill him, and here you are offering him a place to go and a way out. And that's that's the story of this character. So when you have this character in your camp, and he's saying things like, um, I, "I didn't pull up any specific quotes, but I've definitely had him say things." A number of times while walking around like man this place is great wow thanks so much you know like and he, he makes these kind of jokes about being drunk or whatever like like he's he's a rough guy who's had a rough upbringing but he's very thankful and when you go through the quest lines with him and you come back and you tell him what you did in order to help him out he's always just like why are you doing this why are you helping me why would you do this like he's he's very He's never seen anyone do things without wanting something from him in return because he's been a part of gangs. And that's the thing with gangs is that they're always going to be taking more than they're actually giving you. And if you treat him like a human being and somebody you actually care about his response, he's like, he's, it's amazing to him. He's, he's never seen kindness before like this, you know? Um, and we're not going to spoil the way the quest line works out and what you end up doing, but think about some of the stuff we talked about in the Blood Eagles episode, the way the organization is structured. And you can imagine that there are certain things that he probably has unfinished business with, like the gang, uh, like Frankie, situations like that. So of course, that's those things get tied into the story, but we're, I'm not gonna tell you, obviously, that if you just think about it for two, for two seconds, you'd be like, okay, well, it makes sense that, yeah, there would be more to do with the gang and more to do with his brother, right? Because those are kind of the two big points of his life so far that we've gone over. But we're, I'm not gonna tell you how that stuff works out or where it goes because the ending is is very cool. And I would I want you guys to experience that on your own if you haven't already. So, Lane, you haven't, have you played through the Beckett stuff yourself? Oh, you can't hear me. There you go. There you I are. have not. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting. I'm not going to spoil it for you either because I, I don't like. Yeah, 76, I didn't dive too far into it for my own good. <laughs> yeah, 76 is it's too much of a um, a recent thing. I mean, this storyline now has been out for almost a year when Wastelanders came out. But it's still one of those things that um, 
so many people haven't done. You know, there's a lot of content in 76 that even people playing 76 haven't actually played through. But there's a lot of people in, in our community, too. I know an, a lot of people who listen to our show because they like Fallout 4 or Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 3. And they haven't really jumped into 76 yet. And this is something I was actually uh, we, we did a new episode of the Fallout Hub earlier today. And I was talking with Ken and Dave about the fact that this community and, and, and I kind of want to end with this, too. I mean, this is a little bit of a shorter episode than we normally do. But I want to want to take the rest of the episode to talk with you about this, too, because you are in a specific age demographic that I think we're missing in our community. And um, about me, myself, you. Yeah, Lainey. Um, oh, <laughs> so so I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out for you guys because I, I want to get your thoughts and opinions on this because I think this is something that we need to be talking about as a community because it's something that is I don't know it's missing and here's my point in the Fallout 76 community let's 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 look at the demographics most of the people who listen to my show most of the people who listen to Chad of Fallout 76 podcast the other Fallout shows on our network um, most of the people who watch content on Twitch. And watch live streams for Fallout. Most of the people who are involved in our community on Twitter and in our discords and watch content on YouTube, that community is majority over 25 years old by by significant percentage. Something like 80% or more of the community is over 25, which is interesting. So it makes me it makes me ask the question. Why, right? Why is the community older than, say, other communities which skew younger? They skew, like, many video game communities, actually, the bulk of the active community that's engaging in the content are between 16 and 25, 16, 24, something like that. But our community uh, skews much older. And I'm not saying the community as a whole that plays the game. I'm saying the community that takes part in the community watches the content, joins in on social media, skews older. Why is that? And my theory is that the people who fell in love with Fallout four or five years ago when when 4 came out, or 10 plus years ago when 3 in New Vegas came out, are older now. And they fell in love with Fallout when they were in their teens or 20s, right? And now they're older. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And because, yeah, or, or 1999, you know, like people my age who could have been playing the original Fallout when it came out, um, the community who's younger than that didn't necessarily get a chance to fall in love with Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 or any of the other ones. And so 76 would have been their first opportunity for them to really get a Fallout game that was aimed at them, that was new at launch. And because of the way the game launched, it had such a rampant negativity around it. And think about it. Every YouTuber, everybody out on, on, on social media, on Twitter, everybody was saying, oh, Fallout 76 sucks. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks. And still today, it's been over two years. It's two and a half years since this game launched now. And the community still, if you post something on social media, there, there are people out there like, lol, that sucks. Why would you play that game? Like that's the that's the kind of attitude you get from a lot of the the younger part of that the demographic that could be interested in the game. So I find it interesting. It's it's kind of a, a an interesting question. Like how do we how do we take this game that is much improved? It's way better than it came out two and a half years ago, and has been getting po- positive press. Like 
outlets like video game magazines, you know, like websites, which also were magazines at one point, like PC Gamer and, and places like that. Uh, influencers are putting out videos about things like, I tried 76 again. It's really not that bad. I like it. You know, like that's the kind of news that's coming out now, but there's such a general negativity towards it that so many people don't believe it yet. Right. So that's the question is like, how do we, and you being somebody who fits right in right square in the middle of that younger demographic age wise, how, do, what is it about the game that we're missing other than the messaging, which has, should be changed, right? We should update everyone on, guess what? Well, 76 isn't the same game that it launched as, um, but how do, is there something that's keeping people from playing the game? Is it, is, is it a fundamental flaw with the game? Is it just not appealing I, to that demographic? Like what is, what's the deal? I, I had a huge conversation about this with a friend of mine recently because this friend of mine loves Fallout and we've talked about 76 and the stuff that's in it, like the content and all of it. And, you know, like they, they have nothing against the content, right? It's more, it's more Fallout content. There's new Fallout content, right? Mm -hmm. It's good. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And the stories that, like this one it. that we've been talking about are great. They're, they're all very similar to any of the other stories you would have gotten in any of the other, right. other games. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really good. And, uh, and this is not the problem, right? And the problem isn't anymore necessarily that it's a bad game either. Of course, there are some people who don't, uh, who are not informed and don't know that it has improved over right, time. Right. But for the people who do know and still don't play, a big part of it is that it is an MMO. That is a huge turnoff for a lot of people. Is it in, but it's not an Which MMO in the traditional sense. I know, I know it isn't, it's, and that's, it's so frustrating. Right, it's a cooperative it really RPG. Game. It's a cooperative right. RPG that you can play completely on your own if you wanted to. You can play through all of the quest yeah. lines and all the story parts on your own as if it was a standalone expansion to Fallout 4. You could totally do that. Plus, yeah. you so could do other content with other people. Yeah. This is all this is all a part of the conversation that I had with this person the other day. And I mean there's nothing I could have done to convince them to play it, right? And that's at the end of the day, I don't care that much. It's okay. Play what you want to play. They liked yeah. New Vegas, right? Sure. Enjoy New Vegas. New Vegas sure. is great. Right, right. But um yeah, it's just there's and I understand it because I I've played various MMOs throughout my lifetime, like here and there, like little bits, but like it's never been my main focus. And part of what I liked about Fallout is that it's, you know, I play it first person RPG. Like I'm used to it. I played lots of games like that. It was right up my alley. And so the idea of it being this game that I liked in this other genre done in this other way feels a little bit weird. It, it's the, so I found out recently mm -hmm. that The Sims 5 will be online multiplayer. Okay. Bonkers. And does it worry I, you? Um, so here's the thing. I have the same response to that as I do as like yeah. with Fallout. I totally get it. It's this idea of like that opens a lot of possibilities for things that we could do that make it more fun and more interesting and like whatever, as long as they have the same base Sims game. But because I don't know how it'll turn out and it's EA, I I don't know how it will turn out. <laughs> and it's a little scary. And so I'm less likely to immediately launch into it because mm -hmm. i'm a little nervous right and so it i feel that and i get that with fallout 76 i didn't hop on to fallout 76 until i started doing this podcast with you right because as much as i love 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 fallout 
the multiplayer part and just not i don't know any any what ifs about it being an mmo mm-hmm. was enough to keep me from engaging it's interesting yeah for no reason yeah it's interesting because yeah um i've spent a lot of time looking over the data on this stuff because you know as anybody who listens to the show knows I, I do a lot of content around fallout i do a lot of content about other games too uh mostly are role-playing games but um Fallout in particular, there's a lot of shows on our network about Fallout. I want, and and I love the community. Like the community is creating some awesome stuff. The Fallout 5.0, the so many, I could I could list half a dozen content creators off, you know, the top of my head and say, hey, go look at their stuff. They're doing awesome videos or they've got a really great streamer. They've got a really great podcast. Um, and that's just, you know, just right off the top of my head. And there's clearly more than just that. The, when you look at the data, the data says when you look at the average, guess how many people tune into a Fallout seventy six stream on a, on the, on, a, on a given day on Twitch? Would you Would you have a guess? How many people do you think watch a Fallout seventy six stream? Just throw out people? a number. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. Just throw out um, a number. What would you What would you? I don't even know expect? what to base it off of. What is like an average number for any other game? Well, like something like uh, Among Us will have. Oh, tens of thousands of people tuning in right okay so let me guess any given day yeah just on on average what do you think you just throw out a number for what in particular a fall game fall, fall 76. Like 76. Fall 76 yeah um what if i cap it at three thousand? i don't know so three thousand you think three thousand is the average on an average day is that I? it's it's more like maybe. between five and eight hundred I mean, 800. Okay. Isn't that? Okay. But think about honestly. it. Think about how many people, like, there are 2,000 people who follow the Fallout Lorecast Twitter account, and yet there's only five or 800 right. people every day that tune into a Fallout 76 stream. Well, lots of people don't watch streams. Right. But a lot of people aren't on Twitter. True. Yeah. But I think more, Twitter is more accessible than streaming is, as right. watching streams are. Be, just because it's a social media that sure, is like sure. te- mostly it, like text. It's, it's an apples and oranges, right? oranges not, comparison. Uh, Twitter yeah. also skews older, Twitch skews younger. Um, but, but think about it. Like, like a lot of those things. Yeah. yeah. But, but think about it. Like if you were, if you are the top stream on Twitch in a given day and you streamed for eight hours and you got, 300 people to come by your channel you probably have a consecutive viewership at any moment of 100 and something as people come and go that's it that's it and you might think oh i'm not even a very mediocre streamer like you can't make a living off of 100 consecutive viewers constantly for eight hours a day there's not enough viewers there's not enough people who are willing to sub to your channel so so this is where i'm going with this is if you have this limited pool of people interested in that kind of content, then no individual creator is going to get enough traction to really continue growing or building their community because the the people who are involved in the community are limited. There's only so many, right? So if we want Fault 76 to continue growing and to have a bigger viewership on Twitch or have more people watching YouTube videos, or checking out some of these content creators and being part of our community. If we want to be open to growing this community, then we really need to be focusing on your demographic, the 16 to 24 year olds, because they're the ones who are going to engage in that content. And what's so interesting about this is one of the reasons why this show does well is because it's focused not 
on the entertainment aspects of the game. It's focused on the information and the lore, right? And the information and the lore stuff is going to skew older because the younger community, the younger audience wants fun and action and excitement, right? They want fun, funny, fun, good times, lots of clips, like scroll through Instagram, TikTok, you know, like flash lots of images in front of my face, right? They don't want to sit and listen to an hour long show about the lore, right? They're, they're too busy doing other things. And, and that's, that's what the community is about. Some of that community wants that, but the majority of the community wants something else, right? When you look at say a 30 something year old, they're not, they're like, eh, I don't want TikTok. Just give me like, give me something to listen to while I'm at work so I can keep my mind busy. Right. That's why they want to listen to a lore podcast. So that's why that that combined with the fact that people love Fallout 4 and Fallout 3 and New Vegas is why this podcast has an audience and a sizable audience. That's part of it right there. Right. But if we're going to continue growing the community and, and this is my whole theory here is that a rising tide rises all ships. If we were to increase the positive perspective of Fallout 76 across the 16 to 24 year old player base and more of those people jumped in and we started to change the, you know, the attitude about the game because the game has changed They're When they say 76 sucks, they're not talking about the current game we're playing anymore. They're talking about the previous version of the game. Then all of these content creators would potentially have new and growing audiences. And then we have a more thriving community and we have people joining our community, coming up with new things to do and new content creators showing up. And, you know, and that's how you keep this stuff going. So that's just my, my theory on it. And I, I want people to have, be having this discussion because I think there are some people in the community who are just fine with what it, how it is. And they've got their friends and they've got their X number of viewers that watch their stream and whatever. And they're, they're totally fine with that and they don't care. And that's fine because that's, that's fine. You've got your friends, you've got your thing you do, and that's great. But there are a lot of content creators out there who would love to be reaching out to more people and growing their audience. And I'm, I just, I just want to put a challenge out there, there into the world. How do we do that? How do we bring more people into Fallout, into Fallout 76 particularly? Because that's the current live game, right? you have any thoughts about that, being that you're 20 years old and kind of in the middle of it? I, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know. Fallout's so cool. Right. <laughs> and I and know that's the that, thing, right? is that, like, so for somebody... Being- for somebody 16 to 24, like it's it's post-apocalyptic, it's got dangerous monsters, it's got cool weapons, it's got power armor, it's got funny stuff like the Vault Boy and the Nuka-Cola and Bottle and Cappy and like it's got wacky stuff. It's It has all of the right things to be entertaining. The other thing I want to po- post out there, like just throw out there, is that if you look at the top content on Twitch or on YouTube, it is either uh, Battle Royales, right? which Fallout has, but it's not refined the same way that some of these others are. So let's let's just ignore that for now. Or it's Minecraft, Among Us, and Rust. Those are, or it's just chatting, but of course that's not even a game, right? So it's it's those it's those three things, right? Fallout will never be Among Us. That's not that's not the same thing. Minecraft and Rust thrive because they have. There are influencers playing them. All of these things are influencers, like Sam Killjoy is saying in here. But also, because you can make videos about those games where people do ridiculous stuff, and they're edited, and they're edited in a way where it's like flashing, and it's like a zoom in on a guy's face, and then a word pops up, and then a thing explodes, and then some people go, ah! And then, you know, like, that's the kind of content. 
answer then is to just do that for Fallout then, right? That's the solution. That's that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering like and, and there are some content, content creators who do I this. Make... Like guys like Kev DeWitt do it and do it well and have been doing it since Fallout 4, but he moved on to other games because the community didn't come along with him. Right? Because that 25 so, to 35 45 audience doesn't really want that. Right. So you can't do it hoping that they're going to hop on when it, the chances are they're not. You, you are growing right. a community that doesn't exist yet. So right. whoever is going to be putting the effort in has to know that it's starting from nothing. So how uh, do you how do you like it's not impossible to create that content like you and I could create that content. We could have streams where we do yeah. crazy stuff in Fallout and then create a video for it. Well, how do you get the video in front of people's eyes? Right. I have no idea. Yeah, see, that's the, that's <laughs> the tricky it's part. it's fun. <laughs> and people, you know, it's... Unfortunately, streaming is one of those things where you, you either catch it or you don't, right? And I have clips from, like, funny moments, but, like, a lot of the fun of streaming is that you were there when it was happening. Right. That you right. got to comment on it when it was happening. They could react with you. Right. You were a part of the fun. But the only way to grow uh, a stream is to have, really like, create crazy. content in other places and bring people in. Right. So you oh, have to sure. take that, that and, moment that you had on stream and turn it into a video that people can search and put it on YouTube. The chat is saying that it part of it's that... Uh, All it is heavy, Minecraft and Battle Royals don't have lore. There's also... And I think that Mashton and Neko, both of them are really relevant because they're both younger than me. Yes. And so right. they their thoughts here are like essential and I totally agree. Part of what part of the things that they love about it and that I love about it, right? The the vintage aspects of it, the the, the game, the kinds of things like the I don't know, the, the lore, the situations you have to deal with, all of that is so interesting. Right. And but, and just because it's heavy doesn't mean it's a turnoff. In fact, a lot of people got into Fallout 3 or Fallout New right. Vegas or Fallout 4 before they even really understood anything about the world. And what it does is it creates a depth to the things that you're doing, but you don't ever have to dig into it if you don't want if you just want to play through and shoot stuff. Like you could totally do that. In fact, my first play of, through of Fallout 3, I didn't understand anything about the world really. I just wanted to shoot things and go on quests and just see what crazy things happened. Uh, it wasn't until much later that I really started digging into the world and going, oh wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, so I don't know that that's a thing that keeps people away so much as it is a benefit to it if you become more interested in it. They're very exciting, but how do you get them to engage? Another thing, though, is that those things are very cool, but there is just the problem of that's not necessarily the kind of cool thing that kids are looking for. Um, yeah. And it's it's a weird thing. So, like, as someone who is young and plays Fallout, uh, there's for me like there's a lot of appeal for lots of reasons. I mean, obviously, you know that like I, the the music is fun, the vintage stuff is really fun, and lots of people love that. But it's like that is kind of a niche thing too. Like, sure. especially if you're a very young person, like it's a little weird. It's the kind of thing where like if you start saying that you really like it, someone's like in my case would be like, oh, you're like a pick me girl. Like you, oh, you want people that are older than you to like like you because you like this thing, and that's not the case. But there's so many stigmas around mm -hmm. the game being a meme and then just extra connotations of the kinds of content that are in there. If you have a young person getting into things that are interesting, unfortunately, there are people who are anti-interesting things. That's true. <laughs> and it's true. They, and, and that's <laughs> not the target audience. Like anybody who's saying like, oh, lore is terrible. I don't want to play a game with lore or I don't want to do anything that's interesting. Like that's not the target audience. Like there's going they're going to be people like that in any fandom or any anti fandom, I guess you could say. Yeah, like that's fine. That's Leave them alone. 
yeah, unfortunately, the group of people that do want all those things is so much smaller than the group that might be entertained by something like a FPS shooter. Like it just I like think, a little battle people, royale. Like I think people are more likely to be swayed by if they if if an influencer they follow tells them that something is good now they're way more likely to be swayed by that than they were like they may have people shift on stuff all the time especially younger people will shift and i'm not i sound like an old person now but i know like this is bad this is bad this is bad and then somebody they look up to says this thing's cool now and then all of a sudden it's cool to be the one saying no it's cool now it's cool now it's cool now like all of a sudden things can flip um and I, and I have examples of, like, of this from my personal life if, if I wanted to go into it. But th that's the question. It's like, how do you, like, yes, 76 is good now. Like, how do we get that out? How do we let people know? How do we... The, I mean, the easiest way is some influencer just says it. Right, and they're right. big enough that it matters. But how do you make that happen? And then... Right. I don't know. The, there's something else. And Sam in Sam Kildroy, I love you, uh, brings up that the community is so good. The Fallout community is just amazing and oh, yeah. you guys are all amazing it's such a positive interesting community of people who like want to know more about things and each other and work together and are respectful of each other when playing games together and just it's so kind and awesome and right. full of interesting unique people which is why and i wanted to see cool. it's why i wanted to continue Except growing it's why i want the content creators the that makes me nervous to get bigger audience and this is the this is the thing right this is like the hipster like i knew it before it was cool whatever this mm. is the thing right is that you don't want to break the beautiful amazing community that you have by it growing too much bigger well that's the and problem so is like that so many things on the and, line and i've seen that really before i've seen that before we, we build it we build a walled garden right we go yeah. i was here first when everyone else hated it and so me and my friends are the only, only ones who get to play now and Which, we don't we don't let anyone else in wouldn't you want the and things that, that you right and that, that in and of toxic. itself the 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 want to keep it from growing toxic turns it toxic because now you are saying yeah. nobody else can play with my toys but me and my friends go away and very few people will actually hey, say not that what's happening here no well no no as far as I'm aware but right. it is worth considering i don't want it to get there the people that we want to target to bring them into the community the majority of the the people out there that we could be targeting are people who are not the people in the community right now, yes, right? It's yes. Like, yeah. There and are different kinds of people, which which sound well. That I don't. That sounds you can't say kinds of people. That, well, who, different groups, like, different types, weird. people who have different <laughs> interests and things. Yeah, sure. Like what kind is the best kind? That's not a right. good way to put that. Yeah, right. Um. But like, yeah, there's just gonna be people with different interests. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with anyone of any any interest joining the Fallout community, but it does mean that in order to get those people in, you're going to have to take it somewhere that has not been done before. Because as cool as the content is, and as interesting as the content creators are, it just, for whatever reason, doesn't do it. And it's, I it's really do think it is. It's, yeah, it's the marketing. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Lurch, uh, gatekeepers. Yeah, I don't. And that's the thing is that, that there is a little bit of that in the community, a little bit of that. Eh, you guys have been really rough with us and you've been making fun of our game for so long. We're kind of not even talk to you anymore. Like there, there is the tendency towards that. Um, I'm not saying anybody particularly is doing this and I'm not going to call anyone out on it. But like that's the fear, right, is that we become too. And people the problem will naturally is, become defensive against things they care about. There's nothing right. in, like initially wrong with that as long as you're not 
being obnoxious, I guess. Right. It's right. okay to be defensive about something that you like. Oh, definitely. But I would I would say that it's better to say, hey, come on into our community. This is how we are. Come join us. Yes. That's different because now you're setting yeah. the standard. You're saying, oh, you, you're interested in this too? Here's what we do in the community. We help each other out. We're friendly with each other. We, you know, we, we avoid toxicity. Like this is the way we run our community. You're welcome to join us if you'd like to, if you'd like to act like this as well. That's the way to do it. If really, yeah, that's actually a great point because obviously the problem that we've reached is Fallout 76 had a rough start. How do we get past that? Right. If we stop focusing, and this sounds so silly because the focus is obviously the games, but if we stop focusing on the games, let's just start pitching the community. The community is so good. Right. That's a good let's point. Let's just be like, you want some friends? You want to have a good time? People are respectful. It's a diverse community. They're fun to play with because no one's going to be a jerk to you while you're like talking in voice chat to people you don't know. Like it's a safe space and it's really good. That should be the what we pitch. Yeah, but how do you pitch it? You know, how do you the game now? Right, right. How do you pitch that without like without taking out you know fifty thousand dollars worth of ads on Twitch or something like you know? And then even then, are people going to believe you? Like this is the question I'm 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 worried about. Like how do we? I, I want to. I want the rising tide to rise all ships because I think there are lots of great people in our community. There are lots of awesome content creators. And I think that the work they're doing is wonderful. I think the work I'm doing is wonderful. I want all of us to be reaching a bigger audience. And I think it's totally possible because the game is good, right? Like when you love a thing, you want to share it with other people. Or you want to protect it and not let anyone else like it. Here's the last solution. Bethesda, Stop everything. <laughs> Lainey's figured it out. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, and, and we're never going to know because her internet cut out again. She had the solution and now she's gone. Oh, oh she's coming back. Okay, okay, okay. She's coming back. Man, you got us, you got us there. We yeah. thought you were just going to drop it on us more. and then just left. Yeah. But Bethesda was like, sorry, we have to take her out. She's <laughs> no. too cocky. Cut her internet <laughs> right now. Yeah, I didn't realize so, they were that powerful. It's the so here's, here's, here's what we gotta do. We just need just screw Starfield, screw <laughs> Elder Scrolls, Fallout only, new Fallout game. We just start fresh. We just pretend all this never happened. Yeah, right. And then move forward. Yeah, that's not gonna <laughs> and happen. Then it'll all be good. And that's not gonna happen. Um, yeah, that, I mean, no, <laughs> we don't have time for that to happen. <laughs> uh, so this is what we got. We got Fallout seventy six. We've got some great updates coming. We had the last update was awesome. We've got more story updates coming this year. We have so much in store that's so good. And this game is just going to keep getting better. Two years from now, mark my words, two years from now, we're going to be like, holy crap, why did anybody ever hate this game? Right? Those of us who are still um, in the community. Um, but we have to change popular conception on that. And And I don't know that any one person can do it on their own, but... I'm willing to entertain different ideas. I'm willing to work with other content creators in order to do what we can to do this. We are not Bethesda. They can do what they can do through their marketing, but we as content creators hold the other part of that. And in some ways have an opportunity beyond what Bethesda can do, because it's one thing for the creators of a game to say, Hey guys, our game is good. Now, of course, everyone's going to go, uh, huh, sure. Right. Of course you would say that you're the people who make the game. Right. But 
for the community to say or influencers to say, hey, come check out our game. It's good now. That holds more sway. It may reach less people, but it's more believable because it's individuals, right? I just, I don't know. I don't have the solution. I just want, I want to get the conversation started and I want us to aim higher than we have been. I want us to find ways to reach out to the broader community to get out of our little, you know, just leave our own little camps a little bit and go visit other people's camps and tell them to come join us in our camp. You know, that kind of thing. You know, if you play ESO too, talk to the people you play with ESO and say, Hey, have you tried out Fonz 76? It's pretty good. Like that's not a hard jump. There's a lot of people who play both, but there's a lot of people who don't, you know, I don't know. Just, just an idea. I think that there's ways for us to keep growing this community in a very positive way. Um, but we just have to be willing to do it. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Put my soapbox away. It's it's done now. Um, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Thanks for coming to our <laughs> TED Talk. Uh, thank you guys in chat for being so active on this. Uh, yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah. And, and this isn't a this game versus this game concept at all. You know, you can love multiple games. It's fine. I love ESO for different reasons than I love Fallout. Fallout 76. But I think they're both great games in their own ways. And that's totally cool. And there's some ways that they're both great games in very similar ways especially when it comes to the stories in the world. Um, they're different worlds and different stories, but I think that they're just as entertaining. So anyway, okay, well, let's wrap it up. We've kind of taken this episode much longer than we intended. <laughs> um, if you have any thoughts about any of the stuff that we said, and specifically not, not, not explanations for why things are the way they are, but how we can improve them and how we can continue growing the audience and keeping it positive, then please share them, share them on our Twitter accounts, share them on our Discord, uh, find ways to bring more people into the community. And if you happen to have connections with any social media people, any or any influencers, any big influencers, that you might just want to reach out and just say, hey man, have you tried playing 76? Maybe just play it for a week or two on your stream. Like even medium-sized social like people will, will have an impact. I mean, when you have a game that only has, has five or 800 people watching the game every day on Twitch and you have somebody with an audience of 500 people playing the game and having fun with it, then you might just double the size of the people watching on Twitch. That's, it's not hard math. Um, so just an idea. So anyway, Lainey, what else do you have going on? You've been streaming and stuff, right? Do you, oh, hello. I do the streaming things. I stream <laughs> things. That's where I, play things that i stream incredible this is how i'm gonna pitch everything from now on we were i was building in minecraft the other day this is relevant and uh which i stream wow <laughs> and there was a part where i had like five words banned that i couldn't say and there was the word no the word uh and um and or that's two words and is <laughs> uh -huh. i couldn't say is and i was giving a house tour of my little minecraft home and i ha i ha was so uh, I was a lot, actually. We'll just leave it at that. But it was great. It was a great time. Everyone should join in. Uh, but it was really funny. I was being really redundant with everything that I would say because I I couldn't say anything in a direct way. So I was like, it'd be much funnier to just just overdo all of it, you know? Uh -huh. We're having a good time over in uh over in Minecraft. So okay. any Minecraft, any any Fallout Minecraft fans. Actually, speaking of crossover time. 
I built a vault in The Sims once, uh-huh. uh, right? I'm going to build a vault in Minecraft. Very exciting. Probably next Monday or Tuesday. One of those. One of those days. So that's going to be a thing. So I hope, I hope, I don't know. You guys should come in and, and enjoy that with yeah, me. Yeah, go check it out. Time. Go check it out. Lainey, Lainey does lots of Sim stuff. Um, trying to get her to start a yeah. YouTube about the Sims games. I think yeah i'm discouraged about the sims 5 but it's okay oh but that could still build you an audience and then you could do other stuff i i'm gonna be the girl that hates the sims 5. no you could be the girl who is skeptical about it and lists all the reasons oh. why it would need to do certain things in order to be good like the sims 3 right like any commentary is good commentary if you do it well and then people Sims, will watch it. Sims 2 and Sims 3 were masterpieces. Right. Then you should start with Sims that. Then. You should start with that. Ouch. You should start with all of all of the reasons why those games were great and what they what they need to pull. If they're going to do The Sims Online for Sims 5, what they need to bring from those games in order to make it succeed. And what they need to avoid doing on multiplayer to make it succeed. Do a, do a series of videos on that stuff. It'll be gold. I'm telling you. I'm telling it's you. true. It's true. It's true. And, and, and you know that stuff. You know that stuff. Like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. I have thoughts. You have thoughts. But yeah, it's fun. We're having a fun time. I've been streaming. Uh, the goal is three times a week because not burning ourselves out anymore. That's the goal. That's it's 2021. We are no longer allowed to burn ourselves out. Self care. Be good to yourself. Right. Be good to yourself. <laughs> well, good. Um, yeah, I'm just still doing all the stuff. I am. I'm actually talking with a number of new potential shows for the network that have to do with Fallout stuff. So bunch of cool new fallout stuff might be joining the podcast network we'll see where all that stuff goes um but yeah good stuff we've got the rocket club for anybody who wants to join in and take part in the rocket club and launch your own podcast and i help you get it up and running answer all the questions for all the myriad of things you don't know yet uh that took me years to learn i will share that stuff with you and how to market it and how to design your show and make sure that you launch it with the best potential success from the beginning um, so you can go check that out at robotsradio.net slash rocket-club. And other than that, just been like just chewing through a lot of data and, and you know, bringing up these questions about like, how do we continue growing the community and, and making these, you know, everything even better for, for us. So, you know, just thinking, t- asking the tough questions. I, I like to challenge myself with stuff like this because it's like a puzzle. Like, I believe there's an answer somewhere and I just don't know what it is yet. So and there's and and by answer this somewhere i mean something i specifically can do but i don't know what it is so trying to figure that out but uh thanks for tuning in i hope you guys have been uh entertained <laughs> by our conversation this episode and the information uh that we went over with um beckett and uh we'll see you next time with some more probably more fallout 76 stuff we might get into the uh the other raiders group the raiders the crater raiders group or potentially the uh settlers over in foundation what do you think lenny hello i think that those are great options why does why can't you guys hear me i don't know it's like the first word you say always disappears all right well thanks for being here everybody Uh, i'm just chewing my words thank you for being here everybody and until next time stay safe and don't take a bunch of drugs and join a gang because it doesn't pay off (laughs) we'll talk to you later have a good one 
To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here and taking part in our yeah. discussion. You guys had some you really great. interesting insights, and I'm always happy to see your thoughts on this stuff. Uh, the stream over when your ending finishes. We're here to chat a little bit while this ends. Uh, a little quiet at work without Robots Radio in the morning. Oh, yeah. I've had I've had some migraines and stuff, and I haven't been able to really focus. I So, side note, side story. Um, a year ago, I started a new medication for my migraines, and... and would get them like weekly, uh, once a week. Uh, and I get migraines with aura. So my eyesight goes away for a little while. And then I end up with like a terrible, terrible headache and it lasts for like two days. And then I feel super foggy. So I t- started taking medicine about a year ago and it reduced the severity of the migraines, but I still got them about once a week. Um, so I just upped my medication and over the last week or so have been kind of dealing with that and actually just had a big another big migraine yesterday for the first time in a long time so i think i think i must be adjusting to the uh differences in the medication but i appreciate you guys uh i'm sorry i haven't been able to stream in the mornings um it's it's one of those things where when when i get this it messes up my sleep schedule so some days i don't even get up until you know sometime in the afternoon (laughs) like it's you know and then i can't sleep at night and then so I'm just kind of scrambling to get things done in weird hours. So it's hard for me to stay on a schedule sometimes. But I appreciate so. it. I may take your slot. <laughs> Lincoln, you want to host one of these episodes sometime? Yeah, or is weird. The first time I had the first time I got one, I was in eighth grade in the middle of like, I don't know, history class or social studies or whatever it was called at the time. And uh, like, it was like, oh, my God, I'm going blind. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was super freaked out. Uh, didn't know what to do, you know. 12 year old 13 year old kid i don't remember how old i was just like what the heck is happening yeah it's weird stuff uh but laney gets migraines too you're welcome for inheriting my genes you're you're welcome (laughs) i would soak as a host but you do like commentary lincoln if anybody doesn't know are you still doing this are you still doing commentary for csgo you're uh i'm more of a guest type guy (laughs) but that's like being a host the other day the other day i messaged lincoln in like the middle of the night I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I was like, all caps. I was like, start streaming. <laughs> and he was like, now? Right now? <laughs> like, what do you do? No. What, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize for not being able to do during the day stuff. Um, I've also like on Sunday night, I shifted to doing my editing after the show instead of, uh, said the next morning because i wasn't sure i was gonna be able to do it the next morning so um but who knows you know things might things might level out i might be able to do morning streams again we'll see um otherwise that's why podcasts are a little bit easier is because you can kind of schedule them around things like this you know like it's not the end of the world that we didn't do this yesterday it's still going to come out people are still going to listen it to is. it or it is we just lost all of our listeners no you almost lost me. Remember, Bethesda almost yeeted me. Yeah, they almost did almost yoked. eat you. Yeah, you were you were almost yote. Yeah. 
Hmm? Or as I like to say, yarted. Yarted! Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, low elf, yep. Yep, I was about the same age too. Yeah, it's it's weird. Ooh, tournaments. What are we talking about? 1 a.m. Lenny goes. <laughs> no, no paid work. I plan on uh, commentating over games when I start streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, should, you should do more of that. You're good at it. <laughs> Never had a migraine. Good. You probably won't. You probably won't. It's one of those things that's usually genetic. The ESEA. Yeah. You know what? Um, a number of years ago, a friend and I almost started a local, uh, like a local tournament community. We actually ran one game with some local teams for CSGO. It was a lot of fun. Um, things changed. They, they're kind of a local entrepreneur and they wanted to put money into one of their other projects first. So we never really come back and, and finish our work on that. Um, but yeah, we had, we had people drive over from all sorts of different places nearby and had a little local tournament with actually like land tournament. It was cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Lainey, are you going to do any more streaming tonight? You do anything else? Oh, not tonight, but definitely on Saturday. I pitched my streams this week as no date, no worries, because it's Valentine's Day week. Oh. And then I bailed. This is the worst thing, right? I was You're like, bad don't date? worry if you don't have a date, I'll be there. And then I stood all my viewers up today. Why? I Life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's why. <laughs> I promise I have a real reason. But Play CSGO with me. Fine. Lincoln wants you to play CSGO with him. I know. Oh my god. Ah. So okay. I can only play so many games at a time. <laughs> <laughs> my brain will explode. I already like. So here's the issue, right? Is when I started streaming, all of my streams. That was that was the time I dedicated to playing games, mm -hmm. right? right? That's what I got. And I didn't really play many games outside of that. Even before I started streaming, I was in like a like a dry spell, right? And so I got really into games again because they're so much fun. And now I stream them all the time, and you guys know that. But when I'm not streaming, I'm usually trying to do things that are not gaming, right? Imagine Just that. Life. Yeah. Imagine that. But the problem is that I, I like games and I want to play more games. And so I keep downloading games that people tell me to play or play with them or like just even games that I want to play mm. and then just not touching them. And I understand it. I used to think people are crazy. They'd like buy 500 games and then never play any of them. They'd have the big Steam library where they never touched anything. And I was like, that's bonkers. How do you do that? And now I'm over here with like 500 free games that I'm never going to touch because I just can't get around to them. Yeah. That's, um, no, that's a real thing. That's uh, yes. It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. Mental health is a blast. I we lots of you already know this because lots of you are also my followers. I'm bipolar, and it, a fun thing happens when you're bipolar called mania. And this past week, <laughs> I've been losing my marbles because I my sleep schedule got rocked. And Thanks I for the host. Wondering until four or five in the morning, which isn't like that crazy for some people. I don't like have work or school to go to so it's not like an issue necessarily but it does mean that i like rocked my whole sleep schedule i can't i oof and it wasn't even good having a mental <laughs> illness that directly affects your impulsivity is 
torture. It's like, it's so bad. Except it's also fun because it's mania. It's just a mess. <laughs> that makes it fun. <laughs> it's, oh, it's like fun, but it hurts you. <laughs> oh, today, no. though, oh my God, today I was going to ham. So, like, I missed my stream this morning because just life. And then uh, the day was going on, and I was like, I still have the podcast tonight. Like, I need to like get going. I need to still like get ready and like have a day, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm I'm determined to do something today, even if that is just self care, because I was like, I I'm not in a good state of mind. I need to just take care of myself. And so I had like a calm day, and then I got really sucked into the hits from 2010, like the top 40 from 2010, <laughs> like the biggest ones. It's it's like fifth grade for me. That was a time. And I know every word to these songs. And so I was going bananas by myself in my room, right? Just like full on like 10 years old, dancing in my bedroom, like going wild. It was really good. Highly recommend. Find the songs that were popular when you were 10. And then go bananas. It's a good time. And then I built a house in The Sims. That's it. <laughs> that was my day End today. of story. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. You know yeah, what I did? Yeah. You know what I did last night when I couldn't sleep? Because uh, I do? messed up my sleep schedule because of my migraines. Uh, I happened to notice on YouTube that w uh, one of like the major network, like TV channel, network sh YouTube channels, for some reason showed up in my home screen. I never watch it. But they were okay. streaming episodes, not, not, the, not just videos, streaming episodes of G.I. Joe from the 80s. Oh. Yeah. That's when I was funny. like a little kid. And I haven't seen G.I. Joe, but I've seen the G.I. Joe parody Futurama episode. And I haven't seen these in so long. And I put I put on one and watched a good, I don't know, 15 minutes of it. And I promise you that in the back of my brain somewhere, I remembered the episode. And I, like the characters would do stuff and I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is when this thing happens. And then, then it would happen. And I was like, how do I remember this? This is so this fun. is amazing. Yeah. Weird. It was like very familiar. I love that. And yet foreign all at the same time super weird but yeah here's a so mashin says i don't want to listen to songs from when i was 10 i didn't think i wanted to listen to these songs either in fact <laughs> on a logical level i have no interest in most of these songs i don't care for little wayne little wayne i <laughs> pronounce little wayne <laughs> i don't care about you little wayne but i was bopping today today i was Ludacris's biggest fan you no, wow. it, sometimes you just have to step outside of yourself a little bit. I had yeah. some some Bieber on there. Oof. I had some oh oh. What else was going on in 2010? Oh God, some really obnoxious pop music. That's that's all. It was rough. I have a playlist now. It's called "This Is Why Our Generation Is Like This." It's just that's a good a really name for that. I had the same thought <laughs> about GI Joe when I watched it. I was like, "This is why my generation is like." <laughs> uh, no, but I but I did understand why little kids, at least when I was a little kid, spoke the way they did. It was because of the kinds of lines that they said in GI Joe. Yeah, like, well, sense. there's finally a good idea. Like, I know why little kids would say things like that. It's because they got it from the yeah. cartoons. Yeah, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Oh, do you know? Wait, sorry, oh, we're boy. extending it. What is Just going kidding. on now? Do you know, father? Yes. About like yes. Gen Z expressions. Probably that we not. Up on the internet. So it's a whole thing, right? I'm masking. Them. 
don't know what? if that's the appropriate word. Wait, 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 what? So I was masking them. That's the word people use with like, if you're neurodivergent and you're trying to act normal, you're masking. Not quite the same thing. Okay. But basically, there's like a learned behavior that like, if I'm interacting with like, someone else in my generation, right, that also consumes the same kinds of media as me, there's a few expressions we do instead of showing proper emotion. Okay. For example, if you're surprised by something, right, you got the classic, you just you just cover your mouth. If you're shy, you got you got little anime hands mm. or you got one mm-hmm. of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. bad. But they're yeah, all like yeah. memes. But you know how like things start out ironic and then they slowly just become the culture? Right. Yeah. yeah. So many. There's yeah. there's so many. No, and, and every generation has something like that. Right. Sure. There was I saw a funny video where this woman uh she was a teacher and her significant other i don't remember all the context but her significant other had like a done a job interview with this young girl and thought that this girl was like so funny like had the funniest expressions like funniest like mannerisms whatever and gets home and is like this girl was so funny she did all these funniest things and their wife the professor was like oh was it like this and then did all the expressions (laughs) Uh-huh. Like, yep. And they're like, no, that's just a generational yeah. thing. Yeah. That's, that's just not just that's now. not just that girl. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Laney and Pokemon be like Laney's animation poses. Yeah, we got we got we got this one. We got <laughs> this one. We got Would you be <laughs> would your name be Elaney? as a Pokemon? Would you be Elaney? Would you say Laney? Laney. I'd probably be like Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Why, why was I in my head? I was like, I'd be Yenel. Laney backwards. <laughs> Doesn't know. even sound good. I don't know. Not Yenel. Lanky. Oh, It'd no. be Lanky. 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 I just think and then key. when you get mad, you go, Key? Key? <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, someone Pikachu. When he's like, me a Pokemon. If someone makes me a Pokemon, Pika? like Laney as a Pokemon, I will give you a it would be a cat before, it but... would be a cat like pokemon wouldn't it? yeah okay so yeah. like pikachu's like a mouse like pokemon i mm-hmm. want i would be like a pikachu but it's but a cat? me and but a cat. not like mew cat body. right not like mew no i want to be because i want to be like like a cute cute little cat cute and like like a baby cat like one of the baby like one of the baby pokemons where their heads are so big that they would never be able to itch the top of their head with their arms you used to say that about drawings I would do in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I have memories because mm-hmm. you know kids draw really big heads. It's like right, real big heads, right? Yeah. When Oliver would draw characters with big heads, we would call he would just do the head and then the legs, and so we called them <laughs> walking heads. They're like walking heads. So walking heads. I don't know. It's yeah. terrifying. All right. I feel like we've gone on long enough. Uh, yeah. The people the people who are patrons who get the full version of this episode are going to have a lot to digest. You are welcome. Um, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Have a good rest of your night. I will be back on Thursday for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast is still just audio recordings because Stuart still has uh, baby duty. He's got a new, a new baby. And... Uh, He'll be back for a regular schedule in a few weeks, but that's going to be moving to Thursday as well. Um, but uh, other than that, I'll see you guys around. Thanks. Good to see you guys. I miss you guys. Miss seeing you guys in the morning. Thank you for being here. And thank you for joining us for the regular shows. If you come every week, really appreciate it. Bye guys. See you later. <laughs>